Harness racing legend Brian Hancock was more than happy to do this interview with me because he's got a fair bit of spare time on his hands at the moment. He has just undergone major shoulder surgery and he'll have to have his right arm in a sling for the next six weeks. He can while away some of that time reflecting on a spectacular career in the sport which brought him the nickname the Inter-Dominion King. He trained and drove four grand final winners, one with Weona Warrior and three straight with our Sir Vancelot. He trained Thor Rate to win a grand final with Howard James in the Sulky and he drove Koala King to a brilliant win in 1980 for his good friend trainer Ray Wisby. Now, in winning those grand finals, Brian won 26 or 27 qualifying heats along the way. He drove more Group 1 winners than any other driver and was the all-time record holder for most wins at Harold Park when the famous track was closed in 2010. Now, when you interview this bloke, it's hard to know where to start. So let me start by saying that the shoulder surgery I mentioned is the legacy of an injury incurred 34 years ago when he was tipped out of the cart in a scrimmage at a Nowra meeting. Took you a while to do something about it. Yeah, it did, John. It's what I put up with a long time, you know, so it was sort of, I think it's got worse and worse. And only the last month it's got really bad, so they've gone and put a new shoulder in for me, which is really great. And tell you the truth, I've got no pain at all now. I should have done it 20 years ago. No, exactly. Brian, you told me that you, you reached the stage where you couldn't even throw a rug over a horse. No, it's funny, you use, I'm a left-handed by trade, but I, you know, you do everything on the right, you throw a rug on a horse in the right hand, you know, on the right, like with your right arm and all that sort of mm. thing. I just couldn't find my finish, John. And mm. I couldn't sleep and couldn't lay on it. And was a, mm. It's just a, it's just wear and tear, eh? Yep. It was that it was just completely wore out. And, you know, it was not all my muscles and things, and it was good. Just, just put out and put a new, just put a new shoulder in. You grew up in Juneau, a terrific trotting town. You learned the rudiments of training from your dad, Cyril, and a man called Pat Allenby. Now, you followed your brother Richard to the south coast of New South Wales in the mid-1960s. You worked a horse or two, but you needed a day job in order to feed those horses. And I'm just looking at the things you did for a job. You worked in a brickyard, you worked in a milk run, you worked on a baker's run, you even got a job looking after building maintenance at the Bulleye Hospital, and uh, it seems to me that you spent most of your time in the nurses' quarters, claiming that the taps kept leaking. Yes, that was a bit of a problem there. I just couldn't keep, fix the taps. I couldn't fix them, but anyway, I got around it. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to keep going back to the job. Yeah, I kept ringing up and complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, some of your happiest memories, believe it or not, are of the six years you spent in a now-defunct Bulleye coal mine. And for part of that time, you were six miles from the mine entrance. Did you get used to that eventually? Yeah, I loved it, actually, to tell you the truth, John. I, I sort of, um, it was a sort of a comradeship. was great. And, um, you know, it was tough old buggers down there. But, you know, I was only mm. 20, 21. Well, I actually put the age up to get, get a job in the mines, actually. Did you? Yeah. The mine was up the back, back, out the back gate at um, Brother Dick's place in Hobart Street. So it was really convenient. And I worked afternoon shifts there and I sort of started working good with Dick and I with the horses and, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good job. I, I did enjoy it, and it was uh, yeah, it was great, great fun actually. The horse to launch your training and driving career beyond a doubt was a little filly that you brought with you from Juneau, and what a start it was! Fancy getting Teeny Rena so early in your career. 
Yeah, it was very fortunate that the Alamy let me bring it down to Zuni. Down to down to well, going to Bulleye actually, and mm. it was very good. And I was very lucky. Dick was uh, Dick's a great accomplished, a very accomplished trainer, as you know. And I learned a lot off Dick over the years. And I just come down with her, and she taught me a lot. The mare, she didn't wear a boot, and mm. had a just light head check on her, and uh, she was just everything you wanted in a horse. She mm. she was good from the stand, the start. She was good from the mobile, and she ate and slept, and she had a great constitution. And mm. you know, she took me all over Australia. Actually, John, she sort of. Um, it was just a great experience, and I met so many great people. I, I mixed with the best trainers in the country at that time. I was only 20 at the time, 21. So yeah. And I wanted to write and ask questions. I sucked all the leading trainers' brains as much as I could and, mm. and put them all together, you know. And that was all so good to me, you know, the old fellas and all that. So those, mm. like the Kevin Newmans and Moleses and all them blokes and the Derek Joneses and all them guys and, mm. you know, the Robert Camerons and, you know, and Phil Kiltson and all them guys uh, so good to me, you know, and Bill Shin, the late Bill Shin, was a, you know, great. I just adored him. He was just a great trainer. And mm. I was also good to me all, that, all the time. Brian, Teeny Rena raced on season after season, uh, terrific race mare, and later she became the dam of seven winners from ten foals. And uh, you were associated with her descendants for many years to come. Was Jick Adios the best one she had? Yeah, Jick was the best colt she had. He she sort of went to the best horses, and you know we sort of I tried to said that to Pat, and we put the best. We put the Jick, we put it to Thorin over Deep Adios, all them horses, and yeah, she just wrote the book. And you know I I got a I got a big print out here. John Peck done for me a while back, and uh, of the Alan, of that that family I've had it for fifty years. Mm. Oh, you, know, yeah. I, you know, one won a race the other day. That Serena won a race the other day. Penrith, or she's out of the family. Having said, always go to all these places, get a horse out the paddock and win a race. That's the, Mm. Always think, you know, they always had a horse. They bred a great horse, had a, had a great breed before I come along. But Tini Rena stepped up and she put more into it, you know what I mean? And, you know, then her daughter, uh, as we all know, Tini, Tini come along and she produced, she was a great man. She's a great brood man. Yeah. Oh, it just flows on and on. Yes. From the mid 60s to the mid 70s, you sort of felt your way along in the tough Sydney arena, especially at Harold Park, where the competition was fierce. These were the golden years of a man called Kevin Newman. We lost Kevin almost a year ago. He had a profound effect on young Brian Hancock. A big effect. Um, Kevin was a great guy. Um, he was great. To, he was great to Dick and I tell you the truth, but he was just one of those guys that just, he always had time for you. Uh, and if you drove a bad race, I'd go and ask what they done wrong. He'd sit down with him and tell you where you went wrong or try and help you. Mm. And... A lot of things Kevin always said to me is that's what I do. I don't say it's the right way. That's the way I do it. Yeah. And you know, Kane Yim was a genius. You know, you know people don't realise. You know, in the younger younger brigade today, they don't know the real history of Kevin. He came over here from Western Australia and battled the same way as we all have. Mm. And he was a great team. He had his, his horses looked impeccable. His gear, his presentation was just absolutely unbelievable. You know, and that, that was a great era. Them guys. You know, the Laurie Miles, the Kevin Robertson. They they presented the article. You know, and that was good horsemen. That was great horsemen. Mm. Your career took a gigantic leap in 1980 when you drove that wonderful little horse, Koala King, in the Inter-Dominion Grand Final at Harold Park. As you went past the post, you raised your whip in a perpendicular fashion in a victory salute. And, Brian, that photo has become one of Trotting's most famous. You were very, very excited when you hit the line. Yeah, we that night was thirty two thousand people there, John, you know, and um you know, I was building the house and we were struggling, Dick and I was here struggling at the time trying to get trying to survive. We brought Tony Lodge at the time, you know, and, mm. and Ray Wizzy is very good to me and um and it was just an emotional thing and I was only about thirty two, I think. 
And yeah. um, and I, I just it was just one of those things. We just got into the final, and uh, he's a great horse. Don't get me wrong. I think he won sixty races at Harold Park. But he's the record holder at Harold Park. No horse yeah, won yeah. more races at Harold Park than Koala King. Yeah, that's what I was saying. They built Harold, put the new place. His name not even mentioned. It, I don't think on the, on the site there, but mm. he was a great horse. He was, a, you know, he he raced hard, and Ray was good, and he suited me my style of driving. I love them high speed horses and. Mm. I'd hide him away and just hide him and hide him and hide him. And you now I had a fair bit of luxury to run and done all that sort of stuff with him. But it was a big night. That night was sensational. I just could not believe it. Mm. You know, it was well known that you were never a punting trainer or driver. You made up your mind very early in the piece that you wouldn't subject yourself to the pressures of training and driving for big punters. You did your own thing. Yeah, I... I, you know, my family wasn't punting family, and um, you know, mum and dad never punted. And I, I wanted ten percent of the prize money. That was my aim. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they paid their bills, and I had a great, you know, and I didn't want to punt. I, was, I just couldn't do it, you know. I, but you know, I, and we needed punters, otherwise we wouldn't survive. And I tried to win everything I could for the punter. Uh, you know, I looked after the bloke coming through the gate with his five dollars, and you know, the little old lady in the, in the up in June having five dollars then on a Friday night, and all that sort of thing. So yeah. I tried to protect them, you know, and that's what I always tried to do. And I always, you know, I I spent 60 years in this game or close just on 50 odd years and I've had my nose clean all my life. And I, mm. I you know, I respect them and, I, and, you know, and, my, and I've got to respect your community you live in. Yeah. I live in a beautiful community down here and um, I'm respecting them. That's all I ever wanted. Brian, you had to wait a decade before another Inter-Dominion Grand Final came along. This time you were only the trainer. Now, you elected to drive the stable, mate. We own a chief in that grand final. You ran third, and your good mate Howard James drove the race of his life to win on Thorate. Were you disappointed? No, not that. You know, Howard came here since he was 14, you know, 15. You know, Howard's a civil, people don't write, Howard's a civil engineer by trade. He's a very, very accomplished man, Howard, and been a great friend of mine for, as I said, he came here when he was 14, you know, and, uh, he worked here, come every Saturday morning, he go to the races Friday nights with us, and he's very, very loyal, how James still is to this day. Yeah. Uh, he's here today, and I'm doing this interview, he's here at the farm today. Mm. And um, I had no problem ever. I had a bit of luck that the, the, the boys that owned 4-8, they said to me, if you don't drive if you don't drive 4-8, um, uh, we're happy for how to drive it. So that was very easy. And we had we a chief at the time, a bit, a bit of a little bit of problem to drive. Yeah. And it worked good, you know, and... Um, and I'll never forget the race. Oh, amazing. <laughs> we went out the gate and we got the first, we got the winning case the first time. And Howard's sitting outside me and I said, yeah, what in the bloody hell are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. looked across at me and I can say it now. And I said, Dad, you get back. There's too much air up front here for you. Get back, yeah. get back. Yeah. And Howard went back and next minute, I, I think the next lap, I, I, he's inside and said, how the bloody hell did you get there? He said, no one was on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> he got more uh, inside runs than you've seen yeah, in trotting he, history. Yeah. He got more inside runs than I always tell people. He's a driver. I always call him the driver of the century. I said, you drive this or you're the driver of the century. So he's a, yeah. he's a good guy and he, he deserved the win. And I was so happy for him. Four years later, you trained and drove a horse called Weona Warrior to win the grand final on a windy night, I remember, at Harold yeah. Park. Brian, I think you put this one down as possibly your best training performance. Yeah, he was, was a, you know, he's a, it was a love-hate horse, John. I, I, you know, he was a bugger of a horse, mm. terrible horse to work with, and you know, he, he was a great gated horse. And yeah, he he, he was he, he was pre-post favoured, I think, for the Inter-Dominion early in the piece, and 
Mm. And the first night, and I was going like wildcats up there, you know. And, mm. uh, you, know you got beat one night, going 55 half and all this. And I won, I ended yeah. up winning the heat with him, I think. Yeah. And he got into the final, and he was a very tired horse. He was just that look on a Saturday morning. Mm. Uh, leading up the last week, he was completely stuffed. And um, yeah. I came Saturday, <laughs> Saturday morning and seen him, and I looked at him and I thought, geez, mate, you're in trouble. Yeah, with a week to go to the final. Yeah, a week to go to the final. I walked him and played with him and petted him and paddocked him and done everything. I didn't, I didn't work him, John, to tell you the truth. Mm. Just, we went to the final. I couldn't work. We'd done enough work in the last, in the last week. He's a light trained horse. Yeah. Wasn't a great doing horse. Never had a big constitution. Um, mm. And he just put in. I'd done the right thing by not doing it with him. Well, then came. It was a really, it was a really good drive, John. To tell you the truth. <laughs> oh, uh, go on. <laughs> you, you've got the floor. <laughs> I'm not skiing, but it was a, it was a late Roy Harper said he said said to me once. I've never seen a drive like that. He said, yeah. "In a big race, so it was." But I'm not, I'm not skiing enough like that. I just had, I had braces. There's a couple of drivers done the wrong thing, and there Wayne mm. has done the wrong thing, and yeah. I tell him every time, you know, that's, that's life. And I had a lot of luck through the race. Yeah, oh yeah, you were pretty excited that night too, but not yeah, as much well, not as much as Koala King. No, no, he done a thing for us too at the time. You know, he's, you know, yeah. his horse does that. He's a great horse, yeah. Yeah, but his attitude, we own a warrior. Was a pig by nature, was he? Yeah, he wasn't a pig, but he was just sort of. Oh, I don't know about him. He was just off until people. I think the, the Group One winner horse. He won the South Australian Cup and done all that. Yeah, but he just he didn't, he didn't work with you. He's a smart Alec. Yeah, he was a sort of smart, but didn't work with you. You know, that was, yeah. that's, that's what you say. You know, most of your great horses work with you and want mm. to be with you. Yeah. yeah well, mate, yeah. then came a magical inter-Dominion hat-trick. Three grand finals on the trot. 1997 in Adelaide, 98 in Hobart, 99 in Auckland, on your all-time favourite, the brilliant, the well-mannered, the professional, our Sir Vancelot. Yeah, he was a dream. He was a dream from day one. Um, never showed a lot of lot, of, lot in his life. Tell you the truth, Donnie, come out. He got a little fat little follower he was, and mm. I never forget I turned him out to the, at the Allenby space. I said to Trevor, put him in the back paddock. He was a colt, and I said, put two or three gillings with him. I said, leave him out the back paddock, and mm. I said, don't feed the little bastard. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he was nice for us. I put him out the back paddock at the Allenby, a place we call Brains, and yeah. he went there, and uh, I never forget the maid of mine and picked him up, and he brought him back, and he was a claws a crow. Yeah, it was he. And I, and I said, and they all go crook. I said, don't worry about him. He's right in a week. Mm. Don't worry about him. He's, that's what I want. That's what I want. So I got all the fat out of the inside of him. And yeah. We done all that. And we back, went back to the scratch. And, uh, well, as you say, the rest of the history, I think he I think he had four or five trials at Bulleye when he used to have a trial there. And then won a trial. And, yeah. um, and I just worked him and worked him. And um, he just kept getting better and better. And uh, I never get the Barry Turden said to me once at the van. He said, just let's keep that double down, Brian. And I said, that, that suits me. Mm. And uh, we done that, and he just kept going, getting better and better, and he got better and better. I think he, I think he won his first eight races straight at yeah. Bulleye. Yeah, he raced at Bulleye. Never raced anywhere else. He got confidence at Bulleye, and and he done that. And I never knew. I didn't never thought he'd go as far as he did. Tell you the truth, John. No. I, he just didn't show the. You know, he's just a little workmanship bloke, and just got better and better and better. He was a pleasant surprise, wasn't he, Brian? I saw yeah, him. The end of his three year old. The end of his three or end of his four year old. He had seventeen thousand dollars in the bank. Mm. Oh yeah. That told you something. Yeah, you wouldn't believe he'd go on and win three consecutive Inter-Dominions. I was going to say, I saw him at Pepper Tree Farm after he had been retired to stud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rob Van Dyke brought him out to parade him for us. And the thing that struck me most about him was his 
clean-leggedness. For a horse that had yep. done the racing he'd done, there wasn't a pimple on his front legs. No, he didn't. He didn't. I remember he was in this blacksmith shop. He was a three-year-old, two-year-old. He did a little bit sprung, you know? Mm. And um, Peter Manning walked past him and said to the blacksmith, that horse, not a long life, not a horse, he said. Mm. But it was just the way I looked. I looked after him. I didn't, I didn't race him for the sake of racing him. No. But- he was my own. We, we owned him and we looked after him and... You know, time's a great thing for horses, John. Time's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty uh, – the problem today, Brian, is the the biggest part of our prize money in harness racing in Australia is in the juvenile races. And yes, it, no, it does yes, make no, trainers no, a bit impatient, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. They've only got owners paying up from these days, the cost. Not, you can put a lot of things. You know, I, I had a very good bunch of owners. Owners knew the way I trained. They, knew, they put up with me. Mm. I never raced two-year-olds, you know. It was a very, it was a very common thing. Very seldom raced two-year-olds. Uh, mm. Round a warrior raced in the in the you know, heat of gold crown, but in, he had four starts for two-year-olds. I think, but and so I, I just didn't race. And my owners were, were governed to that. They knew that. Yeah. You know, so I remember went down one day to Melbourne, bought a little colt for thirty-four thousand, thirty-five thousand back then, and yeah, Jerry Fishel, Jerry Fishel brought him, and he said to the bloke, "Said you nice little horse for gold, for gold." Jerry said, oh, "I see, I get the gold." He said, "Look, look, this training." <laughs> so that tells you something. But he, but he, yeah. he didn't want something. He, he knew the way I, I trained. We brought we brought the horse on pedigree mm. and all that. And like the horse is no good. It turned out no good. But to tell you the truth, but, but uh, in saying that, that's the way, 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 way I was. Mm. Why mm. Brian, the great jockey George Moore rode in nineteen Melbourne Cups, <laughs> and he never won one. He said it didn't matter. But yeah. his wife Iris told me on the quiet one day that it really got up his nose. <laughs> I think you. You know what's game. coming. I, I think <laughs> you feel the same way about the Miracle Mile. You had plenty of cracks at it. You, uh, you trained a winner, but you didn't yeah. drive him, uh, Elsa no. Vance, a lot because you were suspended and you were none yeah. too happy on the night. Oh, I, I laugh about it. You know, don't, no doubt I would love the one one. I got beat. Just got beat with courage under fire. Mm. Uh, just got grabbing the line. Stevie Turnbull grabbed me. Um, there's a lot of things, you know. Gee whiz, how can, how can I win about not winning the race? Oh, like yeah. I won, won the living. I won a couple of West Australian Cups all over all over Australasia now, and I, I've been very lucky. I've won right through the whole whole series without a without a blemish and done the whole lot and respected me as I go back to what I said in the first place. Respected me, you know. Mm. I represent a new community, and that's the way you've got to look at it, you know. And, Today's harness racing guys, and the way it is now, the horses are so good. I think we've made it that way. We've made, we've brought better horses here for us, and mm. better breeding. And you know, and I got to that side of it with all the frozen semen. I got there as the first guy to bring that here, and I'm proud of what I've done. You know, people don't realise it, but you know, uh, I, I, I'm proud of it. And so you should be, Brian. Very late in your training career, you got to train a marvellous little horse, and I mean little. He was a pony, Courage Under Fire. He won 41 from 56. He won about nearly a million and a half. He yeah. won his first 24 races straight before being beaten in Melbourne by Kaima Kid. Now, yeah. you got him to train uh, late in the piece, as I said, but you did drive him a few times when Bruce Negus was still his trainer. No, I never touched him. Didn't you? Never uh, drove him? No, I never drove him to Lenoy, and, and actually he got beaten in Dominion in, um, in Melbourne. Yep. Young Darren's young, young Darren's horse beating. Mm-hmm. And, kid, yeah. Yeah, and I got a phone call from Greg Brody, and he said, Greg, I said, because I've trained for Greg Brody on North, mm-hmm. and a great guy, a great guy to train for. 
Uh, and he's saying, leave, I'm going to leave him the courage on the fire here, he said. I said, oh, that's good, Bruce. That's, that's really good. Uh, good, mate. That's good. I want to leave him with you. That mm. was the first time I ever heard about it. Yeah. And uh, I picked him up from Melbourne after that. I brought him home. Great little horse, great little horse. And I said to him, I said, is Bruce happy? I said, everyone's happy. And I said, so everything's right. He said, no, but I'm not, I don't like upset anybody over a horse. I'm not going to fight over a horse. Mm. So that, that happened. And uh, that's how I came. I ended up with him here. I brought him home. And he was a beautiful little horse. He had a very bad quarter crack then. Mm. So Andrew Daniels, my vet, and that, we cut it out and done a lot. I gave him three months off. Mm. And the rest of his history, he came back a very nice little horse. So I got him on a hide in the nothing, of course. He's, yeah. He came back to race again, he back to race against seasoned horses. Mm. Like he's stepping out of the stepping out of the junior grade into the heavyweight, but he's a handle, he handled good. He should have, I think he nearly should have won the um, Brisbane Inter Dominion. I got caught three four wide. Gavin Lang and uh, Anthony Butt went to war. I couldn't believe it. Mm. I had a plan. Right, I was just going to go and land outside. I knew Dennis Wilson had come and all this, and so I went to war early. And I got parked three wide for a good bit. He went, I think he went fourth that night. Yeah, it wasn't far away. Wasn't far away. He's a super yeah. little horse. He was a good little horse. And he ended up with a good little sire too. Brian, you surprised everyone when you announced your retirement from race driving, and that was in August 2003, believe it or not. It was an emotional night for you that night at Harold Park. Your supporters were pretty emotional too when you won at your final drive on a horse called Dick Swiveller. It was a big night. It was a big night, great night, known by a mate of ours, Keith McGowan, a horse was. Yep. The late Keith McGowan, he owned him. Um, It was a very emotional night. I, I just thought I had enough. I... I think that year I won the premiership, the training premiership, and second the drivers' premiership, John. On your, yes, you did your final year. On my final year, and I've been there. I'm competing now, and like the, the the drag on me from going from here to Harold Park every Friday night through Newtown through all that, it just got the better of me. You know, mm. and I had some personal issues too. Yep. But in saying that, I um I, I just thought it was the time to go. I you know I didn't want to go there and get knocked down and knocked up. I was only 55 at the time, to tell you the truth. But you know, Harold Park was a tough bull ring. Oh, wasn't it? Was a, tough school. People don't realize how tough a bull ring it was, you know, and I had it down to the fine heart. I knew every part of the track, and, you know, and I, I just had enough and training and training, and, you know, it was just, just got the end of like this. And I could see the end was, you know, things wasn't working out right now. Businesses wasn't getting enough prize money and things, and, you know, we lost Peter Belanders and done all that, and mm. we lost a few things out of our game that we shouldn't have lost, you know, and oh, a lot of things happened in the last 15 years since I've left. Brian, you did make one quick little comeback as a driver a few years yeah. ago, and it's yeah. nobody could work out why. Uh, I think you only had a couple of drives. Was the horse flight path? Yep, I did. I come back on him. Why did you uh, do that? Well, why I did it, we paid a lot of money for him. Ian Dobson brought him. We brought him off my home. Paid a lot of money for him. He wasn't doing the voice. I didn't see him. I thought he was better than he was going, you know? Mm. And I only jumped on him twice and went on him twice. Mm. You know? And I thought, what's wrong? And they said, oh, you don't do this. And then I... I know I went to Menangle, I won at Menangle on him. Mm-hmm. And then I went back, I think I won a Goldman on him a couple of fortnights. Yeah, Goldman, of course, yeah. Yeah, I did that. I just thought, but he he, he didn't turn out the horse we thought. He would never come back to the three hours we thought he would. Mm. And, yeah. you know, Ian paid a lot of money for him. And I just, I sort of, you know, and I I just sort of, uh, you know, I didn't, I've never, I've never had an intention to come back ever again. No. You know, just one of those things, I've got to be cranky with myself and training. You know, you've got to fight yourself, you know, as many times you feel like jumping in the cart and drawing one of yours. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought he's one of those horses that, you know, I thought he's a little horse who wanted to stand over, you know? Mm. He's a little bastard thing. So, anyway, <laughs> anyway, that, that's just. Brian, you continued to train 
a fairly sizable team for a number of years after you won on Dick Swiveller and called it quits, but you've slowly but surely allowed your team to dwindle while you and your wife, Vi, have been spending more and more time travelling. I don't think there's a spot in Australia you've missed in the last five years. Yep. Yep, we've done that, and we, we've done what I wanted to do, you know, and I'm sort of over that a bit now, but I'm just saying it's just all those things you want to do, you know, I've done that, and we've sort of um, got around that, you know. I'm, I'm just sitting here now on the farm now, it's a beautiful day down here now, and I've, young Darren's coming out with a couple of horses to spell here, and that's the thing, and I jog a few up for a couple up for him, you know what I mean, keep yourself occupied. Yep. And will you continue to do that indefinitely? Do you see yourself... Oh, no, no, I can't see myself doing that. No. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, the farm's in. It's a nice farm. It's like a bloody beautiful green feed at the moment. They can't believe it. And I'm not overstocked, and I, I, yeah. I look after places good as I can, John, you know? Yes. But these places, you know, the maintenance has got going, and the development's moving this way pretty pretty rapidly, you know? Yes. It's going to be a shame to see that all happen and go, but, uh, but I got this all out of harness racing. It's nothing else. I, you know, I... And I worked hard to get to here, we, and, and Brother Dick did too, you know. And mm. we sort of we had done that, and we, we established this place here, and then Dick went off with his with his farm, and uh, I, I can't, I've got no regrets about that. Brian, uh, you mentioned Brother Dick, Richard Hancock. Uh, in his driving days, was right up there with the best of them. I've always put Dick on my short list of top drivers at Harold Park. Uh, whenever I have the pleasure to go around in a race there and I happen to land on his back, I was always very pleased. He'd always take you somewhere. Yeah, Dick was a good driver, good driver, a good trainer, you know. But Dick more like the stud work, you know, he'd done the stud work here. We've stood 20-odd stadiums over the years, yeah. Mm. And he loved doing that. And, you know, Dick's a very, very good horse from all around it, you know. Well, Brian, to say you've made your mark is an understatement. Uh, some of your records will stand for a long, long time to come. You've been an ornament to the game. And uh, for people of my generation who watched you right through that wonderful era, yep. congratulations on a big job well done. And the other thing I've got to thank you for uh, is your accessibility from a media viewpoint. I can't remember one occasion... Uh, when you've refused an interview or any participation uh, in something that was going to help and promote the sport. You've been very gracious with your time and on behalf of all media personnel in the city of Sydney, I thank you sincerely for that. Pleasure, John. Pleasure. Very much. Thanks, Brian. All right, buddy.